This episode of the Grow From Your Heart podcast is brought to you by my friends at SeedsHereNow.com. SeedsHereNow.com is the only official home of Swamp Boys Genetics. SeedsHereNow.com also carries seeds from TH Seeds, Aficionado Genetics, and of course, Irie Genetics. Everything at SeedsHereNow.com is backed by an award-winning satisfaction guarantee. And for my friends on a tight budget, SeedsHereNow.com offers several packs for under $30, as well as amazing monthly sales. Make sure to use coupon code GFYH10 while checking out to save a few bucks. Once again, that is coupon code GFYH10 while checking out at SeedsHereNow.com. Now let's jump into the podcast. Welcome back, podcast world. I'm your host. My friends call me Rasta Jeff, and this is episode 638 of the Grow From Your Heart podcast. In this episode, I'm going to focus on Patreon questions. Before we get there, let's do a few shout outs to a few members of the 710 Club. Of course, the 710 Club are those folks who support us on Patreon at the $7.10 a month level or higher. So with no further ado, let's start off with a big Grow From Your Heart podcast. Thank you. Shout out to my friend Dom C., Let's send a big thank you shout out to 716 Grows. Let's send a big thank you shout out to Paul F and New Old Guy. Let's send a thank you shout out to Ivan M and Roll This Nug. Let's send a big thank you shout out to Jethro Earl 710 and Tartan Mike. Let's send a big Grow From Your Heart podcast thank you shout out to my friend Tree Star Meadow. Let's send a big thank you shout out to Zoso J and Danky Dave. Let's send a big thank you shout out to a longtime supporter, Alabama Man. And then let's wrap it all up with the big Grow From Your Heart podcast. Thank you, shout out to my good friend, Glenn Gironi. Big thanks and big shout out to everybody who continues to support the show on Patreon. If you are not already supporting the show and you would like to learn how to do so, all you've got to do is visit www.patreon.com forward slash grow from your heart. All of the information you need will be right there on the screen. Of course, I did include that link in the show notes and the video description to make it super easy for all of my friends. I do want to thank everybody who sent me an update, sent me a message, uh, gave me a heads up that there is a problem with the podcast on Apple Podcasts, Stitcher Radio, Spotify, uh, all those services have been having a technical issue with my podcast. I apologize. It is partially my fault. It is partly Bluehost's fault. Uh, Bluehost did an update. Something in that update messed up my website. You guys don't care about the details. However, I do know that the website either has been or is messed up. I don't know if it's fixed by the time this episode comes out at recording time. It is like halfway fixed. It seemed like it worked, but it was still kind of funky. Something was weird. Anyway, I cannot fix uh, upload correct adjust episodes on that service right now. Hopefully by the time this comes out, we'll have some progress, but thank you for the heads up. I do apologize that the episodes are not or were not available on the service in which you rely. If that ever happens again, please do not be shy to notify me to give me a heads up that, hey, your podcast is broken. Something's going on. Uh, I do like that. Sometimes that's how I find, I find out that there is an episode. So 
Uh, let me know. The episodes that have disappeared or will not play will be posted soon. Everything will be back to normal. If you're hearing this, it's probably fixed. In the future, if you are not able to find the episodes on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, uh, Stitcher Radio, any of those services, simply check out YouTube. So far, YouTube has been reliable, knock on wood. Uh, YouTube is keeping us up. They haven't taken any videos down. I'm not going to talk any further about that. If we disappear on the audio services, please do check out YouTube. Maybe you've checked that out by now, but maybe you're just missing shows. I don't know. And if you hear this in the future because you've been missing episodes, I apologize that you missed a few episodes, but please do catch up. The episodes will be back in the feed as soon as we get things correct. And it just takes time. You guys, I got a, a wonderful web friend, a web guy working on it. Big shout out to my web guy. I don't know if he wants his name said out loud or anything, but thank you, bro. Uh, you're doing a great job. I appreciate it. He interrupted his vacation to work on my website. So that's the awesome kind of dude he is. Thank you, bro. Uh, and you guys be patient. We'll get it going. What else do I want to talk about? The secret stash seed exchange on May 22nd. That's right. I've been talking about Groovy Gravy Presents, the secret stash seed exchange in Denver, Colorado on May 22nd. I've been saying that most of the slots are sold out. However, they did add another time slot. <clears throat> the way that this event is working, people are being given a certain amount of time to move through the building. You'll get to see all of the vendors. You'll get to see all of the exhibits. And then your time slot will be up and a new group of people will move into the building. This is to uh, adhere to COVID restrictions to keep everybody safe. Basically, just to be able to be allowed to have a building or an event in a building. These are the types of restrictions we need to follow. The point is they have added a full another time slot. So if you're trying to get tickets and the time you wanted wasn't available or if something wasn't working, now is the time to check back at the website. The website is in the link in the show notes. It's in the video description. Uh, if you send me a message, I'll make sure to get you a link. Also, use coupon code ROSTAJEFF. That will save you 20% off your general admission ticket. I'm going to say this again because I'm still getting messages about it, maybe because the podcast is broken and some people can't listen to it. But um, I cannot help you with booth space. It is too late for that. Uh, the place is full. I cannot help you with VIP tickets. Those are long sold out. Also, I can't help you with any access to the event or tickets to the event or any VIP hookups other than that coupon code ROSTAJEFF. All right. I do apologize for the clearing of the throat. I've been smoking a little bit of rosin. It seems to go heavier uh, in the lungs and throat, uh, but good in stone. So shout out to my buddy Perp. Got me nice and heavily medicated. All right. Where do we go from there? I think I talked about all the important stuff. Another thing I want to talk about on Facebook, I've been seeing people talking on uh, Facebook, social media. I scroll too much. Uh, that's what I do when I'm trying to relax a little bit, possibly pooping. Uh, but let's talk about what I saw on social media. People ask uh, often, what nutrients should I be using for an outdoor grow? I'm going to address this in another question here soon, but uh, the thing you should be using in an outdoor grow, something I would recommend is I wouldn't go with the bottled nutrients. I would go with amended soil and put that plant right in the amended soil and then feed it water and teas and top dress it. Don't focus on bottled nutrients outdoors. That's going to be a fiasco in my opinion. I think it would be more beneficial to focus on building a soil, having a starter soil, then amend that as times go, time goes on, top dress, feed it teas, then mainly you just got to keep it wet and things will be okay. So when it comes to the best nutrients for an, an organic outdoor grow, I would just build that amended soil and rock with some super soil or something like that. Again, I'm not the organics expert. There are plenty of people out there doing that. <clears throat> plenty of people out there who can give you great organics advice. Refer to those folks. Again, that is not my area of expertise. I do not want to mess you up. All right, I've talked about all the stuff I wanted to cover at the top of the show. I covered the news. I covered the social media stuff I saw. 
Let's jump into the main topics of this podcast, which is, of course, the Patreon messages. This portion, portion what is the word I'm looking for? Uh, this segment, let's just say segment because the other word I tried to say did not work. This segment of the podcast is brought to you by my friend, The Canicrat. Big shout out to my buddy, The Canicrat. We don't use corporate sponsors here at the Grow From Your Heart podcast. We let our friends be the sponsors. Shout out to The Canicrat for all the continued support, not just Grow From Your Heart podcast, but also the Irie genetics support. The Irie army wouldn't be what it is without my friend, The Canicrat. Big salute, brother. All right. Now, this first message came from my friend, Lemur Priest. Once again, big shout out to Lemur Priest, captain and commander of the Irie Army. He got stoned and started reading stuff on seed packs. We're going to kind of cut his message short because uh, he wrote like multiple pages here. I um, think he had a couple too many dabs, maybe, but we're going to kind of uh, paraphrase what my buddy Lemur said. We're going to make a good message out of this. It says, I got a, an idea about reading the listed lineages of cultivars on seed packs and websites. That's a really good idea. We're going to get to the, the topic of this here of what he's actually talking about. It says, hey, Rasta Jeff, I'm humbled by your uh, by the community built around the podcast and your seed company. Big thanks to you. Uh, I've been able to meet so many amazing growers from all over the world. Not everyone knows that there was a time that sharing knowledge, tips, or helping someone else in their cannabis grow in any way was a big no-no between being illegal at the time and mostly being used as a way for someone to make or save money and the investment of learning how to grow relatively on your own. There were lots of incentives not to share tips. Yes, uh, all of that makes sense. Back in the day, why would I teach you how to grow? Because I'm the weed grower. I'm going to make all the money. Why would I give you part of the pie, part of the game? You could buy it for me and then resell it if you want, but I'm not going to teach other people how to grow. I agree. That used to be the mindset. Uh, that's why it took me a long time to uh, cave in and get into commercial cultivation. I didn't want to go teach other people my tricks for an hourly wage. That didn't feel right. Um, so yes, uh, it was illegal. Other people couldn't know. Other people were going to cut in on your market. So we couldn't share tips. And now, yes, we are in a state, a realm, a time, an area, a community where we can just share the knowledge. And I feel it's kind of my duty to share the knowledge that I've learned. I talk a lot. I've got the gift of gab, obviously. I just cannot shut up. I can't stop talking. And I love cannabis. I'm passionate about cannabis. And I want you guys to be as good of a grower as me. I want you to enjoy cannabis as much as I do. So I feel like it's my my duty to come out here and share this. Anyway, it says, I remember getting lots of strange, skeptical looks from grower friends when I would offer advice and tips. They would tell me it's weird. I would help them improve their plants because... Uh, they would have better herb and make more money. But honestly, I was only thinking about helping plants be happier. That's what it's all about, bro. Make the plants happier. The person that grows it is happier. The person that smokes it is happier. Grow from your heart. Breed with love. That's what it's all about. Uh, he does talk a lot here. Uh, our friend is a teacher. He says, I love teaching. Uh, I found a place. Anyway, we're going to kind of skip a lot. I could ask for advice. There's a lot he goes on. He says, the peanut butter breath batter has me ranting and sentimental. Yes, it does, brother. I had to cut out several paragraphs of what you were saying, but I got nothing but love for you, bro. There is a good question in here. Um, as I'm looking over my seed collection, reading the different parents, I noticed how some can be a little confusing. Yes. Uh, if you're not immersed in the cannabis world, things can be confusing. Irie Genetics does a wonderful job of either using cultivars with names or naming them if you created them. However, some breeders are not so helpful with that. Yes. Uh, when I cross stuff, I try to represent the parent names in the cross in some way, shape, or form, or I try to uh, put the cross on the package really clearly so that you know what I'm working with. It says, sometimes a new cultivar isn't something that is released and only used for breeding purposes. When that happens, this is when many of the parentheses are used. Could you walk us through some of the things we could see and what they mean for the way they were bred? All right. 
Now, this there's a lot of talking going on here, but I understand what you're asking. Let me get to answering your question. Uh, he does break down some examples. He says, for example, Peach OG from Ethos is Peach Crescendo to millions of peaches to Quattro Kush F3. How the three cultivars were crossed to make Peach OG and how is it different then? And then he lists another thing. Um, this is this is a good question. So let me kind of back up because there is a lot to talk about here. Also, shout out to Lemur for the great message. This is going to get me talking a lot. So the question is, when we see multiple strains listed on a seed package, how do we know which was the male, which crosses were which used in that cross? So a lot of times, basically, you're going to see strain A, X, strain B. In basic horticultural practices, the standard is to use ladies first. Female plant, X, male plant. That's going to mean that the male plant was the pollen donor, and the plant listed first, or the second plant was the pollen donor. The plant listed first was the pollen receiver. So it's ladies first. Uh, so we're going to say uh, golden goat to daybreaker. You got a golden goat female, a daybreaker male. That daybreaker pollen, pollen donor do pollinated the female. I'm stepping all over my words, but we're going to get there together. Just follow along. The daybreaker male pollinated the golden goat female to make a rise seeds. So when you buy a rise seeds, it says arise, then in parentheses underneath it, golden goat crossed daybreaker. That's real easy to understand that that is golden goat and daybreaker. And then you know that golden goat is this like sweet, uh, candy flavored, gum flavored, tropical sativa kind of thing with a nice head buzz that makes you fucking weird high. And then you know that the daybreaker, maybe you know about daybreaker. If not, I'll tell you about it. Daybreaker is Chem D and Joseph OG, and it's real stinky. It smells funky. Uh, it's got like uh, burnt tennis balls, burnt rubber. Uh, gassy, skunky foot terps, just funky, weird shit. Maybe some swamp ass in there. It's a short, squatty plant. So I know both of those plants by name. Now, if I really wanted to, I could research both of those, Golden Goat and Daybreaker, and I could go further and find the parents of each one and then even further to find their parents. And I could learn about the family tree, the genetics, the history, the genealogy, the breakdown, the recipe, if you will, uh, for each plant. So it's real easy when you've got plant A and plant B, girl plant to boy plant, right? That's real simple for you because you got two ingredients to work with. What we are starting to see, like our friend Lemur uh, mentioned here and pointed out to us and highlighted, is that sometimes we see, what do we got? Crescendo to millions of peaches to Quattro Cush F3. How do we know which plant is the male pollen donor in there? Because we got three different things. One of those had to be a pollen donor. One of them had to be a female. Then one of those plants had to pollinate something else because you can't put three plants into one mix like that. So without a parenthesis in the, what I would call the appropriate or proper place, I don't know which plant was the male. I could do research, but as a seed seller and a seed breeder, why do I want to give somebody an assignment or homework when I could just tell you the answer on my seed pack? I could say, oh, that's the Quattro Kush was the male or the fucking millions of peaches was the male. I'm going to assume because of the way it's listed, but you know what happens when I assume I'm going to make an ass out of everybody involved here. Uh, I would say the Quattro Kush F3 was the pollen donor and then probably Crescendo to millions of peaches was one cross and they pollinated that with the Quattro Kush. Now here's a way that they would have made that more clear and it would have been obvious and apparent which the male plant was. A set of parentheses just around two strain names would indicate this is one plant. So I don't know the actual breakdown, but hypothetically, we've got Peach Crescendo uh, to Millions of Peaches to Quattro Cush F3, and that's written on two different papers. That's why I'm looking back and forth. 
if I wanted to make it clear which was the male, and we're going to just assume for this project, for, for words and uh, what we're talking about right now, that the Quattro Kush was the male. I would simply put peach crescendo to millions of peaches in a parenthesis, and that would say this is one plant. And since that one plant is listed first, uh, then the Quattro Kush listed after that, I would assume the Quattro Kush is the male. What this would tell me is it is peach crescendo pollinated by millions of peaches. That would go in one parenthesis. That made seeds. Those seeds were grown. We found a keeper there. That is peach crescendo to millions of peaches in parentheses that became one plant. I would just give that a name to make that easier. You know what I mean? That would be fucking so much easier. Give it a name and then you don't have to have two different names X something. I digress. Uh, so in parentheses, peach crescendo to millions of peaches. I know that's a female peach crescendo pollinated by a male millions of peaches. It made seeds. Then in this case, since those two are in the parentheses, then there's an X and there's Quattro Cush F3. That would indicate to me that the Quattro Cush F3 pollinated that plant that was in the parentheses there. That is going to be our female. It turns into algebra. It looks like a math problem, but it all makes sense once you start to understand it. It makes clear, clear sense. I'll try to put some stuff on the screen. Uh, it depends on what I can do with Final Cut Pro. I didn't think that through when I said it, but I know I'll be able to put some examples up on the screen because Final Cut Pro is awesome and I'm getting good at it. So um, an example of a male to female would just be male plant, or no, sorry, I fucked that up. A an example of a male to female plant would be listed as female X male. Girl plant times male plant makes baby plant. That's that easy, right? Now, what if we take, what if I did not name uh, Arise? What if Arise just didn't get a name? It would be Golden Goat X Daybreaker in parentheses. That's what that plant would be called because it doesn't have a name. It's a cross, Golden Goat to Daybreaker. Now, what if we cross that to strawberry fields to make the strawberry starburst. It would be golden goat, uh, X daybreaker in parentheses, X strawberry fields. That would make the uh, strawberry starburst there. I'm not sure what I said because I'm trying to think all this all at once, but that would make the strawberry starburst there. So it's all about that parentheses. I'm going to read more into Lemur's uh, message and make sure I keep myself on track here. He says, how is that different from, okay, how is the uh, peach OG from ethos? How is that different than uh, Stromulin from Romulan Genetics, which is in parentheses, forum cut Girl Scout cookies, X purple panty dropper in parentheses, cross to Romulan. So it's forum cut Girl Scout cookies, X purple panty dropper, and those two are in parentheses. And then that is listed X Romulan, which is a very clear description right there. That tells me that in this first set of parentheses, we have got forum cut Girl Scout cookies cross to the purple panty dropper. If they listed that correctly, if they followed industry standard, that is a forum cut Girl Scout cookies female, uh, which is clone only. So that would make sense that that's a female clone only is a whole nother fucking can of worms to open up. Uh, we got this forum cut cookies pollinated by a purple panty dropper that made one plant that was grown. They found a keeper out of that plant. In this scenario, it was female because it is listed first. That was pollinated by a male Romulan plant. So we've got parentheses, starting parentheses, right? Forum cut, Girl Scout cookies, X purple panty dropper, closing parentheses. That's all in the set of parentheses there. X Romulan. So you're going to get, I'm going to call it uh, purple uh, cookie dropper, right? Because it's fucking purple panty dropper and Girl Scout cookies. Just name that something and we can make this a lot easier. Purple cookie dropper to Romulan. And that's going to be fucking the Klingon or some shit. We're just going to call it Klingon. They, see, it happened that quickly. We made a strain. We named it. We got rid of all the fucking parentheses. So much easier that way. 
Uh, the next example that Lemur throws at me is how about uh, how how Girl Scout Cookie to Purple Panty Dropper wasn't a named strain that was released and used in the breeding project, not to be confused. Uh, yeah, you're, that's exactly what I was talking about. That plant wasn't named, so it doesn't have a name, which makes everything confusing. Here he asks about another one. If you're feeling adventurous, there is Snake Eyes from Moto Rebel Genetics. Uh, big shout out to Moto Rebel because I wanted to use Snake Eyes. That's a really great fucking name. I got Storm Shadow. Snake Eyes would have been a great accompanying name. Good work, bro. I'm glad you beat me to it. I'm not mad at all. It's a fucking good name. I'm proud that I wanted to use a name and somebody else had already used it. I mean, it's a good one. Anyway, that one is all in parentheses and it says GG4 to Kosher Kush to Heroana number one, all in parentheses right there. So I don't know. I don't know the male of that one. I'm going to assume it's the Gorilla Glue number four to Kosher Kush was pollinated by the Heroana number one. But again, I'm just assuming. I don't know what that breeder did. There's a missing parentheses there that doesn't do anything. It fucks it all up for me, to tell you the truth. And then that was X to Lemon G to Lemon Thai, which is going to be a Lemon G female, which is clone only, pollinated by the Lemon Thai male. So uh, without the correct parentheses order there, that's just a jumbled clusterfuck of a mess, and I really don't know uh, what was used. I know that it's a GG4 to Kosher Kush to Harry female pollinated by a lemon og lemon thyme male but that gg4 kosher kush heroana cross couldn't tell you where the male was because of the way it is listed i want to assume that the heroana was the male because it's last in that list but i can't promise anything because this breeder didn't give me enough information um on top of the parentheses you're going to see brackets occasionally so we may have parent uh, bracket parentheses parentheses and then brackets and then they're getting creative on how they do it. When, it, when you see it, it will be uh, apparent. I'll try to put some of that stuff up on the screen also just so you can see what I'm talking about. But that's how, uh, instead of using two sets of parentheses, because what if I took, we're going to go even further, the GG4 to Kosher Kush to Heroana, cross to the Lemon G to Lemon Thai. What if I crossed that to the uh, Forum Cut GSC to Purple Panty Dropper to Romulan? Now we've got so many things with parentheses around it. Uh, I would just put, the brackets around all of that to indicate it's just one fucking thing or put it on either side to show you that it's one big thing. This to this to this is actually just, it'll make sense once you see it on the screen, but sometimes you're going to see brackets in there. That's going to confuse people. That is the next thing people are going to see. So he wraps it up with, I think it's a set of parentheses. I think, I think of it as each set of parentheses as a plant and inside is what makes it up. There are countless other examples. It might be easier. Uh, yes, you're, any more examples, we're going to confuse people more, but I think that is the thing uh, that needs to be said. Inside of each parentheses is each plant, and you can tell which plant was broken down inside of that parentheses, and then it's crossed to the thing that it's got X's to. I think you guys understand what I'm trying to say. More words on that are just going to make it more foggy. All right, Lemur, I hope I answered your question. I hope everybody else out there learned something from that. I hope I didn't just confuse you more um, without seeing it on a screen, without writing it. This is kind of hard to teach. Uh, it's like algebra. You got to you gotta fucking follow along with the visual aids and all that stuff all at the same time. All right. I'm going to take a quick drink of some coconut water, and then we're going to continue with the show. Don't think I'm going to press pause. I don't think I'm going to edit anything. I'm just going to make you endure this drink with me. Uh, hydrate yourselves, and we will continue with the show. All right, all right, all right. Thanks for giving me an opportunity to wet my whistle. Let's keep going here. 
This next one is a nutrient and feeding question. I said a moment ago we were going to talk about uh, outdoor feeding and feeding organically. This person is growing indoors, but my advice will still apply. Let me start with the message. It says, greetings and salutations. Greetings, my friend. Thank you for uh, joining me, and thank you for the great message. It says, it's been a while since my last question. I hope this finds you in the entire Army, Irie Army safely and doing wonderfully. In the desire of wanting to become a seed tester for you down the road, I've been happily and diligently working toward dialing in my grow room. Here are some parameters. And then we do go over quite a few parameters, which I will touch on uh, as I answer the actual question. We don't need to read all of the parameters. Uh, a lot of the question will lead us back up there to talk about that. So it says, first off, I'm trying to be as organic of a grower as possible. That's admirable. I do appreciate and respect that. It says, can you see any flaws or possible deficiencies in my soil and liquid selections? And can you make any suggestions? So we've got a good soil. We got nature's living soil. We got bud swell. We got recharge and we've got happy frog. I am not absolutely certain of any of the organic, uh, certifications of any of those products. I definitely don't know about recharge. I don't know about happy frog. I think bud swell is organic, but I can't promise you that any of those are, are actually organic products. Uh, look for an Omri listing on the package. That's my advice there. Then Budswell, I do think that's organic. That's just bottled uh, uh, fucking bat guano, to the best of my knowledge. We got Elementally Green Big Buds. I don't know what that product is. I did not research that one. Then we list two products that concern me right away. Turpinator. I don't think I'm going to assume, and we've talked about assuming once in this episode, maybe twice. I'm going to assume that Turpinator is not an organic product. It could be. I could be completely fucking wrong. But from what I remember, what I see on that bottle when I'm looking at it through memory, that's not organic. So you might want to read about that. Then you've got CalMag as your next liquid. Uh, which CalMag? There are a lot of brands out there, a lot of different products available. Some may be organic, but it's going to be hard to find a straight, pure liquid, organic CalMag solution, I think. I've never looked for a purely organic CalMag. That could be a challenge. So it depends on the brand. Make sure you're checking that Omri listing for organics on your CalMag. So uh, the Turpinator, the CalMag, those are the things that I would question. Everything else you mentioned in here seems to make sense for your grow. The only thing you're not, the only goal you're not reaching is that uh, complete organic desire. I don't know that you're getting that with your list. Now, uh, I said this on the other uh, talk about the outdoor grow that I saw on social media. People are asking about what to grow with outdoors so they can stay completely organic, which bottled nutrients should they buy, what products should they use. I'm going to repeat what I said about that. Uh, if you're going to grow completely organically and you don't want to do uh, salts and synthetic nutrients, why not just go with the full-on organic amended soil the way that nature would have done it? Go no-till, go super soil, go something like that. Uh, get all of the things that would go into the dirt and get a big tarp and put it on the garage floor. Mix up a couple of bags of uh, whatever soil is available right now. Damn it, soil and dirt are hard to get right now. You guys, I've been to the grow, uh, the grow store, a couple of grow stores to get products, and soil is low. But uh, get the soilless mix, the soil that you can get, and then mix in all of the proper um, amendments, nutrients. There are a lot of different ways to mix up a super soil. I make this disclaimer often. I do not claim to be an organic grower. I am not a super soil expert. I could tell you the basics, but there are plenty of websites. There are plenty of things on the internet that will get you building a great super soil. They don't pay me to say it. They don't sponsor me. Uh, but buildasoil.com will be a great start for building an organic soil, an amended soil. So what I would do, I'd skip all the bottles. I would skip all of this shit. 
and I would mix up an amended super soil, some sort of build a soil, some sort of ready mix soil that you could put those plants in. Then all you've got to feed them is maybe a top dress between phases, maybe like at the end of veg, give them a top dress right at the start of flower top dress, right? As they start to bloom a specific top dress as they're going, uh, if they're getting bigger, give them a specific bloom booster top dress. I'm not the fucking organic guy. So I don't know what to even tell you to top dress or tea. Teas would be a good idea. Feed them some teas. But if you want to go completely organically and grow uh, organics and not have the bottles and all that stuff and be sure that everything you're using is organic, I would buy amendments and mix up a good pre-amended super soil. It's going to save you. It's going to take time in the beginning. You're going to spend a day mixing it up, but then you don't have to mix up nutrients every time you water. And that's why to the outdoor growers who are looking to do something organic outdoors and want to know what nutrients to use, you're going to be watering every single day outdoors. Do you want to spend the time to mix up? You might water 20 gallons out there. Do you want to spend time mixing up 20 gallons of water worth of nutrients every single day? Or do you want to spend one or two days in the garage mixing up a big fat batch of super soil, put your plants in that, and then just water the whole cycle because all you've got to do is keep them wet because inside that soil is everything that they need. Um, some of you organic growers insist that the herb tastes better, gets you higher. So if it's doing that, it may be worth the pre-mix. I don't know the difference. Honestly, I think it all gets me plenty stone nowadays. You guys are all growing such good weed. But my advice would be to ditch 90% of these products. If you've already got them, use them, dude. Don't let me fuck up your plans, your ideas. But if you want to stay as organic as possible, I would abandon ship on all these liquid products and I would buy powders, boxes of stuff, organic stuff. When you go to the grow store, when you go to the gardening store, you'll see all the boxes that you need, all the dry amendments. They're all in one area. Uh, maybe you'll go to build a soil. Maybe you'll go to your local grow shop. I recommend you go to like the local farm area, the local farming store. If you can, if they're not going to bust you for growing weed, because sometimes the, most people know what we're doing and they may not like the way you look. Uh, so be careful where you're going, but shop locally. If you can, is what I'm getting at. Give mom and pop the money. Try not to give the big boxes your money. Try not to give Amazon your money. If possible, trust me, I order plenty of shit. I shop where I have to, especially during a pandemic. Give me what I need. However, the fuck I can get it. But I would get away from the bottle and stuff if, if you really want to be, and you said, I'm trying to be as organic of a grower as possible, bro. I would really recommend uh, no-till growing for you. I would recommend super soil. I would recommend some type of living soil growing for you. That's not how I do it. That's not what I do, but you're saying as organic as possible. And that is how you get as organic as possible. No-till with a worm bin and fucking a compost pile. It's really rewarding. Um, I eat a lot of vegetables and a lot of ends of vegetables end up in a Bokashi bucket and stuff. And to know that I'm making fertilizer with my leftover food scraps, uh, that's just rewarding. So if you turn that into cannabis products, you're going to love that. That's a good way to stay as organic as possible. There are more questions to this one. Uh, it says, what are some considerations to have when deciding to grow a mother plant? Uh, that's a really easy question. It's like falling in love. Um, if you're in love with that plant, keep it and grow it as a mother plant. Uh, I always recommend every time you grow a cannabis plant, take a clone. Like before you put a plant into flower, get a clone because what you're growing could be the most amazing medicine you've ever grown. It could work in your grow better than everything you've ever grown. It could work for your medicine. Uh, it could work for your wallet. Maybe you're a commercial grower growing for profit. Maybe this one plant works better than everything for you. Take a freaking clone of everything you ever grow. Then if you find out that it's the hottest fire, you've got a mother plant. That is how you decide to keep a mother plant. If you fell in love with it, um, Something that sounds very crass, but this is the absolute fucking truth. It's a lot like the dating pool. Uh, if you got one option, 
you're going to keep that one. You're going to fall in love. You'll be completely fucking happy. But if you got a bunch to choose from, the one that stands out to you will be the mother plant you want to keep. Something will tell you. Uh, it's just like falling in love with a person. The way I fall in love with plants is very similar. Uh, I see plants, 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 plants. Oh, look at that plant. That's just the way it happens to me. Just like it does with people. It's like people, people, people. Damn, look at her. Like I'm just attracted to specific things and the plants do it just like people do. Uh, I get similar signals in my body that say that plant right there, bro. That is the one you want to pick. Uh, sometimes I'm wrong. Most of the time I'm right. Being a breeder, being a, a seed selector, being a commercial cultivator, I get to see a lot of plants and I get to make a lot of selections and I'm getting pretty damn good at it, I think. So considerations to have when deciding to grow a mother plant. Is it a good plant? Did that plant work well for you? Did it meet all of your goals? People ask me, what do I pick for a phenotype? What do you want, dude? Uh, pick the shit that you want in your garden. Did it smell the way you want? Did it taste the way you want? Did it give you the buzz you want? Did it flower in a timely manner? Did it work well for your growth? Did all the other plants in the room get powdery mildew except that one? Did all the other plants get hit by mites except that one? Did all the other plants herm out except that one? Were all the other plants like sevens, but this one's a nine? That nine is your keeper mother plant, bro. So as long as it's a good plant, as long as it makes you happy and you want to grow it again and keep it around, that is a characteristic I look for in a mother plant. You're basically just preserving genetics to grow it over and over again. Do you love it? Does it work? Is it successful? Keep it for a mother plant. Then it says, lastly, as a grower, how, diff how difficult is it to create an auto flower strain? I know autos are not necessarily your bag, but I'm asking about what process would entail in general to create auto flower seeds. That's a good question. I am not an auto flower maker. So everything I say right now is kind of partially coming out of my ass just a little bit, but I know enough about breeding and I know enough about seeds that I can cover this. I feel like, um, to make an auto flower, you need an auto flower. You need at least one auto flower. So uh, get a pack of autoflower seeds would be the way to do that now because autoflowers, you can't clone them. They're going to flower. Uh, that clone is the same age as the original plant, which it came from. They're both going to flower at the same time to the best of my understanding. So uh, you're going to have to get a pack of autoflower seeds. I recommend uh, feminized autoflowers if you can get them. I think most of the people making them are doing fems right now. So get you an autoflower feminized seed pack, then uh, grow them. Then um, to create an autoflower strain. So you need autoflower to fucking have autoflower. You need that trait to start with. You can't make uh, orange stuff without some orange. So you're going to need an autoflower plant in the mix. Uh, so get an autoflower plant and then get a regular plant. And then you need to select, most of us are going to get uh, feminized autoflower. So you're going to have to get pollen from a regular male plant and then pollinate your autoflowers. Those autoflowers are going to make seeds. Uh, that is your F1. That's a real F1. You've got a brand new cross, a fucking autoflower to a photo period. You've just made a really unstable, sloppy, fucking crazy, uh, really high in variation F1. Find two of those that autoflower. You got to find a male and a female that autoflower at this point. The only way you're going to know is to grow them and they're going to autoflower. So once you found the male and female that meet the criteria you want, they've got the shape and structure, aroma, uh, the traits you desire, the leaf shape and whatnot for your goal. Um, they're auto-flowering. You see them start to auto-flower, breed that male to that female. Now you've got F2. Um, they're not going to carry that auto-flower trait until we get to about F5, F6, maybe F7. So you're going to have to keep doing this process. Grow the seeds out. Find a male and a female that begin to auto-flower on you. Put them in a room. 
let them pollinate each other, get the seeds out, find, grow those seeds and veg, find plants that meet the criteria you're looking for, plant shape, plant structure, stem rub smell. Let them start flowering. When they get into flower, let that male pollinate that female. We're probably at what now? F2, F3, keep going until we get to F6. By then, by then they should start coming out more uniform, more uniform each time. Another way you can do it is by reversing that autoflower, but that is a whole nother ball game. Uh, we're going to reverse the autoflower plant. It'll make pollen. You put that pollen on another plant. Uh, hopefully a female that is autoflowering, that's going to increase your chances of getting more autoflower more quickly. Again, I am not an autoflower breeder. I don't know exactly how many filial generations it would take to solidify that autoflower trait. I think by selfing a couple of things, you could probably lock it in, um, maybe back crossing or something. But I think by going forward in filial generation and just finding autoflower trait, autoflower trait, autoflower trait, that's going to lock it in. That's probably the best way to do it. All the other traits have to be secondary at that point. That, in my opinion, is why a lot of people find that autoflowers are inferior. Um, our first trait that we're searching for most of the time is potency and quality, right? We're going for potency, terps. Then after that, we think about uh, problems. Like, is it resistant to bugs, resistant to mildew? Does it handle the room well? But most of the time, we go for potency and terps. In autoflowers, the main thing, the main trait we're looking for is autoflower. So everything else is secondary, in my opinion. Take that with a grain of salt, you guys, because like I said, I'm not the autoflower guy. All of what I just said came out my ass. All right. I tried to talk the best I could about that. Uh, I'm not an expert. I feel like I'm knowledgeable. I understand plants. I understand breeding enough to have advice on that. But again, take that with a big stinky grain of salt. All right. I feel like I've been going on for quite some time. This is a long podcast with uh, very little information. I do apologize for that. I feel like I talked a long time and did not teach you enough. Thank you again for listening, ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, pimps, hoes, friends, foes, smokers, growers, clone cutters, pollen chuckers, skateboarders, fruit booters, uh, wind surfers, and Paris sailors. I love all you folks out there, all the cannabis community. Thank you guys for hanging out. Um, if you feel like this episode was educational, informative, and or entertaining, uh, maybe you'd like to support the show financially, all you've got to do is visit www.patreon.com forward slash grow from your heart. All of the information you need is right there on the screen. Once again, big shout out to my friends Single T, Frankie, and Noah N for the continued Patreon support. Don't know what I would do without you. Gang, gang, buzz, buzz. Shout out to the Irie Army. Also, if you've got any questions, corrections, comments, or concerns, I would love to hear from you. My email address is growfromyourheart at hotmail.com. Don't be shy. Send me your questions. Send me your corrections. Send me comments, concerns, uh, words of wisdom, constructive criticism, anything you've got to say. Don't worry about my ego. Uh, don't worry about my feelings. I'm ready. Let me hear it. Send that shit. I got to check the spam folder now. All right. What else do we have? The website. Uh, make sure you check out the website. All things Irie Genetics, all things grow from your heart are all on my website at iregenetics.com. Check that out. Make sure you click on the newsletter tab. Uh, you can click on the newsletter tab, sign up for the newsletter. You will stay updated. You'll get a, a MailChimp newsletter approximately once a month if you're wondering where the May newsletter went. Uh, I did not send one. I didn't have much to talk about. Uh, anything you wanted to talk about, I wanted to tell you about, you heard about here on the show. So uh, thank you for the support. Check out the website, iregenetics.com. Also, while you're there, uh, what else was I going to tell you about? There's the newsletter, the Grow Help tab. That's what I wanted to talk about. There's a Grow Help tab. If you've got Grow questions, click on the Grow Help tab. Uh, you'll be asked a few preliminary questions. Then from there, you'll be free to ask a Grow question. I will answer your question on the air. 
Uh, please be patient. I've got a lot of questions lined up in front of me. Got a big stack of Patreon questions and grow help questions. I will get through them because they do create great content. Uh, that is all I've got for you. I've been rambling for a long time. Throat's getting dry. The ADD is kicking in. I want to thank you once again for hanging out. I'll be back in a couple of days with fresh, fresh new content. I want to give a giant shout out to my friend Chief Lee 420 And until next time, take a fat dab and give your mama a hug for me.